for the longest time, we've we've kind of went through these phases where we believed content is king. But you've said um, visual content is king and quality visual content reigns supreme. So, Correct. so talk to me a little bit about that. How do I even know if I have quality visual content? Yeah, I'm happy to dive into that. I mean, the fact of the matter is the reason quality visual content reigns supreme is because 94% of first impressions of your brand or your service is going to be based entirely on the design of the content somebody sees. That content can be a commercial. That content can be a flyer or a brochure, or it can be a billboard. Anything advertising your service, people are going to actually look at the design of that and decide whether or not it feels cheap or clunky or cluttered, or if you've actually put a lot of time and effort into it and really are trying to earn the attention of your audience. And when you think about what quality is, there's two ways to look at that. The first way is we are all content creators. It doesn't matter who you are these days because of TikTok, because of Instagram, because of all of the different social networks out there that are surrounded by this idea or this methodology of sharing your own kind of creative content. They've given us all the tools to edit video, to put great filters on photos, to really put out something that feels very unique and custom to us. Right. And so since all of us are content creators, we actually get re- we're really averse to a brand that puts out something that is at the level of what might be a TikTok video or an Instagram post instead of putting out something above that level. We expect brands because they aren't just doing something for the sake of social. We expect brands to think up a notch and do something that we can do ourselves. And so a good example of what quality is not, um, in my book, I have a rule um, that I, I really love that is avoid the stigma of stock. Stock imagery does not convert. Stock imagery these days turns off your audience instead of engages your audience. If you use custom illustrations and custom photography, custom live action, that will convert seven times better stock imagery will. And so that's one example of, of how, to, how to produce quality content. But another aspect of quality content is simply make sure that the content looks like there was an investment of time. If it seems cluttered, if it's mixing illustration styles, using too many fonts, um, using too many colors without any intent, using clip art, that's not quality. That is something that just instead feels slapped together. Today's audiences have very discerning eyes. They look for custom illustration throughout a design. They look for accurate data visualization if you're sharing data. They look for as little text as possible because today's audiences don't take the time to read. Um, they look for a very clean layout. There's a reason why, you know, everybody has adopted things like the iPhone because Apple puts all of their time and attention into a clean layout, easy user experience. Um, And ultimately they look for something that has clear intent throughout the design itself. And so you really do, I hate to say this, 
have to bring on some talented designers or find some talented freelance designers. You can't just, if you're not a designer, you shouldn't be designing the work yourself. Designers have an eye that marketers don't, that a lot of entrepreneurs don't. It's this kind of natural aesthetic where you can envision something beautifully in your head, but if you're not a designer, it's hard to execute on that. Whereas an actual designer, they envision it even better than you can. And what they'll lay out will blow your mind. Yeah. Design is a science too. Like people need to understand it's not just, you know, how to use photo because we see this a lot, right. And especially in the car industry, the, the, and this is not a knock at these individuals. This is a knock at the scenario. Okay. I hope everybody, my, my beloved DPB gang, you understand how much I love you. I'm not knocking the individuals that I'm about to represent in this scenario. The stay-at-home mom, the stay-at-home dad who posts regularly to Facebook, nobody's ever said whether it's good or bad, and then you hire them in to be your part-time ad designer because, because you just heard Amy say that you need to invest in a dedicated person. Oh, nay, nay. Shame. No. Slaps on the back of the hand. No. There, there's a science to this. I mean... Back to your point about doing every job. I mean, I've been a designer. I've been invested in being a designer. Color theory, typography, yes. like typography being the body language of this thing. And and now all of a sudden the person that posts on Facebook that, that knows how to use Canva, you know, no knock to Guy Kawasaki because I know he wrote the, the forward on <laughs> your book on and I book. just interviewed yeah. the guy. I just interviewed him. He's so amazing. Um, he is. But he's in on Canva, mm-hmm. but but you don't get to just say, oh, I'm a designer now. Exactly. Um, and and so does that feed into what you're talking about? Because I, I can tell you right now, if I if, if I were to publish something right now that was like pink letters on a brown background, I could be giving 100% off my product on Cyber Monday and people would not buy my product. It's so true. And it plays into everything. I mean, the reason I was able to grow killer to the level, the level it is, is because my background is actually primarily in marketing and visual storytelling, Mm. but I'm not a designer. And as a result, I've always had this extreme appreciation for great designers and, and quality work. Um, And I've always been able to be a good creative director but I know what I'm not capable of. I'm not capable capable of great design. I have never been great at harnessing typography in an expert way. And so I was seeing my own designs not hit the level of success that I wanted um, and really kind of unpacking that exact science. And as a result, we grew Killer as a visual communication agency. At no point did we say we're a design agency. Right. Because... Being a design agency doesn't necessarily mean, and, and to be very clear, plenty of design agencies take into account the target audience and they, they're very intentional with their design choices. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes they're focused on the outcome of a great, beautiful looking piece of content. A visual communication agency wants to create beautiful content, but that content has to inform the end user and drive them to an action. So there's this extra level of detail that's really important there and there is a huge science behind that you have to like you said you have to choose colors very specifically 
you have to choose your fonts very specifically and make sure that that you're not just throwing a font in there because you like the font. Does your end audience like the font? Does it does it share the type of brand you are properly? The default There's, font, Comic Sans. That's why we oh, <laughs> just it, kill Comic Sans. In my book, I tell the story of how Comic Sans came to life. Um, it's it's actually I have one rule. It's great visual strategists always ask WTF, and that means why that font. And so, <laughs> in that in that chapter, I dive into the history of Comic Sans. Um, and the thing is, is you know, as we look at the evolution of creative content. We live in a world today that is so different than where we were 10 years ago when I started Killer. 10 years ago, the standards were much lower. The fact is, is that the internet was just catching up to typical types of media. But it was, it was kind of starting, everybody was starting to learn, how do we create content for the iPhone? How do we create content for all of these social networks? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a wild west where everybody was just testing every type of content out there. So the world was riddled with low quality, ugly content. What's been really odd to see is the expectations of audiences have gone up extremely high, but a lot of brands are still living in 2010 thinking, Oh, well this succeeded in 2010. Why is it not succeeding now? Right. Or they're putting a heck of a lot of money behind the content just to get it seen because they're not, elevating the level of quality in the content. So they have to pay all this money just to get somebody to click it and look at it. And so because of the, just all of the new availability in front of us to design great content as users and social media, along with great blockbuster entertainment available to us through Netflix, through Prime and so on, we can really discern what good is in ways we we couldn't 10 years ago. And so we live in a world where we know what good is, we have a very high bar, and if you're not hitting that bar, you're gonna spend a lot more time and money trying to get people to pay attention to your brand than you would just putting that time and money into having an expert who knows how to create great quality content execute on that content. Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. If you're ready to make big changes in your life and career and want to connect with positive, nurturing automotive professionals, join my exclusive DPB Pro community on Facebook. That's where we share information, ideas, and content that isn't shared anywhere else. I can't wait to meet you there. Thanks for listening.